Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Do black lies matter? We may be about to find out. Uh, According to the Boston Globe, Monica Cannon Grant and Clark Grant used the $6,000 that their organization called Violence in Boston raised to take a nice vacation in Maryland. That's according to federal prosecutors. Uh, Monica is a leader in the Black Lives Matter movement. She's been arrested on charges that she and her husband raised over a million dollars in grants and donations that were meant for people in need, but uh, ended up uh, keeping a lot of the money for themselves. Some prosecutors say that she used the money to uh, pay her rent, to buy a car for a relative. It's an 18-count indictment uh, for her and her husband. Uh, They're also charged with illegally collecting $100,000 in pandemic unemployment benefits. How much do you think uh, that happened? How often do you think that happened around the country the last year or so? Uh, And she's also uh, accused of lying on a mortgage application. This is all alleged, and she's claimed that she's innocent, so that'll come out in court. But what will be interesting is how the media cover this story. Patrice uh, Con Cullors, one of the founders of Black Lives Matter, uh, went on a real estate buying binge last year, spent $3.2 million, and she was uh, apparently shopping for an apartment in the Bahamas where Tiger Woods actually has a place where prices range from 5 to $20 million. Now, I know that right-wing media paid attention to that story, but I haven't detected a lot of outrage from the rest of the media on what Patrice did with that money. That story kind of seems to kind of uh, gone away. Now, she's a Marxist, of course, a socialist, and she's perfectly happy to own four homes bought with other people's money, of course. Um, remember the media called Black Lives Matter riots uh, that included burning buildings and people dying, mostly peaceful protests? Remember that? Well, that's why it'll be interesting to see how much attention is paid to this couple in Boston that seems to have had lots of fun with money that was supposed to be meant for people in need. Meanwhile, uh, while you're paying close to $5 a gallon for gas, there are Democrats, believe it or not, there are Democrats in Congress who plan to ask the big guy to declare a climate change, to, to declare climate change a national emergency. You ready for that? And of course, that would mean banning uh, drilling on government land. And when we come back, we'll talk about that insanity with Sterling Burnett of the Heartland Institute. And in our second half hour, as you read about the zillions of dollars being paid to NFL and Major League Baseball free agents this week, that includes the Steelers, of course, but not the Pirates, uh, we thought it would be a good idea to look into all the money that those teams have gotten for their stadiums and how much good it has done for anybody else. And in case you hadn't heard, the state of New York is willing to give the Buffalo Bills $1 billion for their new stadium. Stick around. When it's time to replace your roof, siding, gutters, and downspouts, entry doors, and, of course, windows, you can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. This is John Stoggerwall. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for all your exterior home projects. Why pay double with some other companies? Windows R Us will always give you the best price on the best in-class products, backed by the best warranties in the industry, all with zero sales pressure. And speaking of zero... Right now, get zero interest financing for 12 months and no processing fee with prices set to increase on all exterior products. Lock in your quote today. Schedule a free estimate and inspection today at windowsarustpittsburgh.com. You've tried the rest, now try the best. windowsarustpittsburgh.com. Windows are us. 
This is a special alert to all Americans who own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles with an auto warranty about to expire or with no warranty coverage at all. Due to a decline in the economy, CarShield is announcing a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that is now available to the public to save any driver out-of-pocket expenses on future auto repairs. Call now to find out how you can pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Yes, you heard that correctly. Pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. An open phone line has been established for all drivers to call for a free quick quote. Call 800-845-9079 now. Drivers who are covered will not have to pay for covered repairs again. This protection plan is at an all-time low. Additionally, drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Call us for your free quick quote today. 800-845-9079. That's 800-845-9079. What do you have to lose? Call 800-845-9079. Again, 800-845-9079. You've all heard it in the news, folks. Heating costs are so surging through the roof. But right now, Eden Pure is offering an amazing discount on their Gen 40 heater. This five-pound Gen 40 produces 50% more heat than the big box heaters that are seven times its size. The Gen 40 superheater is efficient. It produces infrared heat using advanced micro solid-state technology with built-in safety shutoffs, and it comes with a remote control for you. So for a limited time, the Eden Pure Gen 40 is $200 off the regular price. People all over the country are reporting massive savings on their heating bills. So keep warm and save money because right now it's the perfect time to buy more than one. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Use discount code RADIO20. That's RADIO20 and you'll get an additional $20 off. That's $220 total savings by going to EdenPureDeals.com right now. Use discount code RADIO20. That's RADIO20 and shipping is free. Are you wondering if this year you'll still be asking why it seems so easy for other people to find love, but so hard for me? If you're feeling the pain of being alone and are tired of everyone around you finding their soulmates and leaving you behind, then get ready to remove the barriers to finding the marriage of your dreams and start believing it's possible for you. Hi, I'm Jackie Dorman. Join me in my Married in 12 Months Challenge, where I'll teach you why now is your time to find love. What are the lies that are holding you back? Why God wants you to be married, the biblical law of attraction, and the tools you need to become a bride. Listen, if you deeply desire to be married, but you're still single, you should be doing something about it. Sign up for my free Married in 12 Months 5-Day Challenge at lovestories.com. The only thing you have to lose is the pain of being alone on your journey. So join me at lovestories.com. That's lovestories.com. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, uh, while you're uh, paying almost $5 a gallon for gas and uh, maybe wondering what Joe Biden is going to do about it, guess what your friends in the Congressional Progressive Caucus are up to? They're planning to tell Joe to declare climate change a national emergency. Uh, which would mean banning fossil fuel drilling on all public lands, of course. Sterling Burnett is a senior fellow at the uh, at the Heartland Institute, uh, and uh, he's here joining us now. Sterling, thanks for being here. Appreciate it. Thanks, thanks for having me on again. Now, I only had you on a little while ago. I hate to abuse uh, the privilege, but uh, <laughs> these things keep popping up, and I need to get somebody who knows more about this <laughs> stupidity than I do. Um, it, it, Go ahead. If you want to just, just take off, go they ahead. Just, yeah, they just pile misery upon misery. Uh, it's they they truly have no the the progressive caucus truly has no I- I concept of how Americans are suffering today and what it would take to alleviate that suffering. They want to not just temporarily place on hold all new oil and gas uh, drilling on public lands. They want to ban it entirely under an emergency declaration uh, that doesn't require an act of Congress. They, they want him to declare basically, they want Biden to basically declare that we're at war with climate change. And under war powers, he, they want him to go in and they want him to take over, you know, they, 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 they propose that we take over factories and force them to produce heat pumps for Europe. Uh, because they're not going to be able to have air conditioning anymore. It's 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 crazy. Yeah, I was, it is madness. That's what I was going to ask you. Uh, I, I all this stuff is the usual stuff about you know banning fossil fuel uh, drilling and all the stuff that we hear about all the time. But the the heat pump thing is a new one on me. Is they also 
want to have Biden manufacture more heat pumps to, quote, ease the strain in oil and gas markets that has been caused by Russia's war in Ukraine. How does the president of the United States produce more heat pumps? He doesn't. What he does is under wartime footing, he tells factories, you're no longer producing cars or widgets or toilets. You're now producing heat pumps. The federal government basically creates an industrial policy that dictates to the rest of the nation. And, of course, heat pumps are going to drive cars over there. Because remember, he says it's, it's, it's to alleviate the oil and gas shortages in Europe has nothing whatsoever to do with their shortages. They don't have shortages of heat pumps. They've got shortages of, of uh, electricity to heat homes and of gasoline to move cars. Heat pumps do nothing for either of those things. It is madness. And, uh, you know, I'd be surprised if the Democratic leadership, uh, Pelosi, Steny Hoyer, uh, James Clyburn, none of them are part of the Progressive Caucus. I'd, I'd be surprised if this went very far. Well, it's a hu- it's a hundred it is, there's a hundred people involved. There's a hundred of them, so yeah. that's, less than, that's less than half yeah. of the majority party right now. But it's, isn't it kind of scary? I look at the list. Go ahead, go ahead. I, I look at the list. My suspicion is uh, there's, there won't be a Democrat in a swing district that's running for re-election. You know, they're all running for re-election in the House. Mm-hmm. There won't be a Democrat in a swing district that's close that will support this. <laughs> Many Democrats are running for the hills now, uh, so they're probably going to lose some members in that caucus. It's, uh, they're just trying to get as much as they can done before the next election kicks them out of power is what it is. Well, I'm not familiar with heat pumps. What, how is a heat pump – how does it produce heat? What, what fuels a heat it, pump? It, it, it's a way – it's, it's like an old chiller – uh, before air conditioners, it was a way of exchanging hot air for cold air. Uh, I, I'm not a I'm not an engineer. I don't know yeah. how they work. I just know that they were an old technology, an ancient technology, that was used in the pre days of uh, you know before air conditioning, before modern furnaces, to exchange cold and hot air. Uh, and I guess that's uh, they want to go back. Uh, you know, back to the future, but really it's back to the past is what they want to do, to less efficient technologies uh, that don't evidently somehow aren't going to run on oil and gas. They, they run on something. If they run on electricity, then, then, then over there they're going to need natural gas. It's crazy. But they, as, they just don't think these things through, or they do, and they don't care. So, but a heat pump, does that, is the heat pump a... Something that heats multiple or whatever it does, is it, does it do it for multiple homes or does each home have a heat pump? No, no, no. You have to have a, you'd have to have one in each home. It's like a, having an air conditioning unit. Yeah. And so they would have an airlift and just drop thousands of heat pumps, I guess, into yeah, Ukraine? Yeah, I guess at the same time as they're, you know, uh, you know being manufa- manufactured. I don't know. Uh, you know, this is why it requires sort of a War Powers Act because there aren't American producers producing a lot of heat pumps. <laughs> It's, it's not as if it's an in-demand item over here. Yeah. But uh, the Progressive Caucus sure wants to make it an in-demand item. So uh, Biden is on video multiple times, uh, and it's popped up quite a bit this, during this uh, recent huge increase in uh, the price of gas. He's on video multiple times saying he was going to stop all drilling for fossil fuels. Uh, I, I guess these people think that he can do this with a stroke of a pen once it's declared a national emergency. Yeah, that's what they think. They believe, you know, it'll be challenged. It'll be tied up. Let's face it. Biden already thumbs his nose at the courts. Back in May, they told the administration, a federal court told the administration, he could not place a moratorium on leases. And the one he had done was illegal. And they told him to open it back up. He ignored that until October. In October, he said, okay, we're gonna, we've got new rules in place and we're going to offer new leases. And then when those rules were thrown out by a separate federal court, uh, the social cost of carbon rules imposed on new oil and gas, he said, oh, well, we've got to start over so we can't offer leases again. The court didn't say you don't offer leases until you get your new rules. The court said you must offer leases on a timeline established by law. It doesn't matter what your rules are. You write your new rules while these leases are going forward, but you can't hold them up until you get those rules the way you want them. So he's just ignoring that. And so my suspicion is if he declared this, first off, there'd be hue and cry. Like I said, my suspicion is 
the Democratic leadership won't go with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'd see even more losses, but it, it wouldn't get through the Senate. And so that's why they're trying to do it through a War Powers Act. And it would just be tied up in courts. It would just be tied up in courts. Well, do you think it's um, more uh, of an image thing and a, uh, than it is an actual belief that this could happen? I don't know. There's actually a lot of pressure on Biden to use. See, the thing is, a lot of people want him to use the War Powers Act, the National Emergencies Act, to declare one over the gas price thing. But, of course, once he does it for that, he can do it for all sorts of things. And so, like, once you open that can of worms, you can you can put an elephant through it. Everything could be piled in there. He could do all sorts of things and say it's all related to, you know, we're trying to solve the national energy emergency. But, um, you know, you hear, you hear politicians, who used to all uh, anyway, they used to like to talk about kitchen table issues. And, yeah. you know, that was a way of reducing politics to what people care about in their lives and not, not necessarily the big picture and what they talk about in Washington, but how much am I paying for my groceries? And is there anything that has ever been more of a kitchen table issue right now than the ga- price of a gallon of gas? Well, no, but you don't need war powers to solve that. I'm no. not sure what I'm not sure what Biden does through a national emergency act to solve that unless what he does say is you know what? I was wrong with all these regulations and I'm going to scrap them all under the national emergency act. I'm going to expedite the approval of all these pipelines. I'm going to tell Keystone they can go ahead. I'm going to tell all the pending permits they're approved now as of my signature. Because, because you know, he claims, oh, well, you've got 9,000 or 7,000 leases outstanding. Yeah, and you've got 7,000 um, pending permits to drill on those leases that, that, that have been pending for as long as Biden has been in office. It's the slowest approval rate ever. So, you know, he could, through the War Power, you know, through the National Emergency Act, he could say, okay, uh, I've been wrong. I'm going to scrap all this. Everything goes forward now. We're not we're not waiting for the, the any more approval process. Start drilling. Start uh, doing whatever. But my suspicion, knowing Biden and what he said in the past, is that's nothing like what he's going to do if he if, if he uh, institute the National Emergency Act to respond to gas prices. What he'll do is he'll uh, override state and local objections to new wind and solar power plants. He'll override state and local objections to new transmission lines. He will force the building of uh, electric power stations, and he'll remove gasoline-powered cars from the market so you can only sell uh, uh, electric cars because you know what? We've got to solve this energy crisis. Uh, you know, that's my fear. Yeah. Well, um, it, what, what is the deal, though, if you can clear it up one more time, because the uh, you hear Jen Psaki and, and, and Biden both saying it's not my policies that are causing the, the inflation, number one. It's not my policies that are causing the, uh, the gas uh, prices to go up. Uh, and she has said m- several times when asked, well, listen, this, you, gotta get, you, you should take that up with the oil companies. They're not using the permits they have. But that's, that's, a, that's a pile of horse manure, isn't it? It's a lie. They've got, they've got leases. He's right that there's leases outstanding. Leasing is just saying, I now own the exclusive rights to drill this area once I get through the permitting process. Thousands of permits have been pending for a year, and they're not getting approved. Now, if I'm an oil company and I have a lease and I try and go in there without my permit, believe me, you know, that's what it would take. Is it takes Biden stepping in. And saying these permits are approved, that's all it would take. Is there... He just has to. Instead, what he's doing is he's putting more regulations in place that make it harder to get your permit approved. He's he's imposing new conditions on oil and gas permitting, and then he's blaming the oil companies for not using the leases that they pay for. Well, they can't. In fact, they're paying more and more all the time to try and get these leases to the process. Am I crazy to think that uh, there should never be one man anywhere on the planet who has the power to determine whether or not oil comes out of the ground? 
Uh, when did the, how did we get to well, that point you know, where the president private, can do on, that? On private property, he can't do that. Yeah. On state property, but this is federal land. Yeah. We ceded, we sadly, we ceded long ago to the federal government about a third of the continental United States. I've read the Constitution. Nowhere in there does it say anything about a national forest, a national park, a Bureau of Land Management uh, grazing allotment. It's not in there. But we ceded that a long time ago, and the courts have just, with a nod and a wink, gone along with it and say, oh, yeah, that's okay. That's okay. So he does have the power through his regulatory agency to set new reg- to set regulations that slow the process for permitting. Now, as far as his national emergencies uh, power, once again, uh, Congress ceded that uh, a long time ago to the president. They tried to put conditions on it as far as uh, uh, they can, they can with a joint resolution, block any of his emergency powers, de- declarations, but then it, it, it's because of a court ruling it then has to go to him for, to sign it. So if he doesn't like his powers overturned, he just has to veto it. And then it has to, to you know, be overridden by a two-thirds majority. So uh, you're, you're right. No president should have that power. It should be an act of Congress uh, for federal lands. But he does. That's just the, that's the real uh, legal uh, political landscape we live in. So I, I, don't like, I don't like him having the power to shut them down or to let them open up. Uh, it just it shouldn't it just this the president just shouldn't have that power. No, the executive agencies weren't charged and the president was not charged with writing laws. He was charged with enforcing the laws we have. Yeah. And uh you know, the whole thing with uh you know, executive orders, that's not that was initially supposed to only apply to to the agencies under his control. They weren't laws, they were directives to how his executive agencies could, should carry out the laws. And meanwhile, while war is raging in Ukraine, uh, here in Pennsylvania, I understand, I saw this today, we have more natural gas in Pennsylvania than is produced by the Nord Stream 2 pipeline that everybody is talking about now, and which was, uh, you know, the sanctions were lifted on it, and then they weren't. And we, we yep. have it right here, more than is produced by the Nord Stream 2 pipeline. We have it right here in Pennsylvania. One state. Yeah, one state. And then you got you got more in neighboring West Virginia. You got more in neighboring Ohio. You may have some in upstate New York, but they banned fracking there. Uh, but, you know, un- underlying the whole uh, the, the, what's the the Utica and what's the other uh, basin up there? The um, <sighs> no, yeah, the the. Uh, uh, I know which one you're talking about. I can't think about it. I can't think of it. Yeah, gosh, I'm, and I'm I, having I a senior moment here. I live, but anyway, you've got two it. major oil and gas basins up there. Yeah. Uh, I, I just remember it, it's it's really sad. So Trump was president, and the Democrats were holding, you know, they, they were holding hearings and accusing him of being in the pocket of Russia, mm-hmm. uh, including both uh, senators from uh, Massachusetts. And a cold winter hit, and Massachusetts, rather than getting, they had already banned new pipelines from West Virginia, from Pennsylvania, to deliver gas to Boston and other places in Massachusetts, clean U.S. gas. And the winter hit, and what they ended up doing is putting money in Putin's pocket by importing uh, liquefied natural gas to Massachusetts. They couldn't get it from across the border of Pennsylvania. They had to ship it all the way from uh, from Russia. So that was clearly a better climate move, right? Yeah. Well, I just saw another story today. I don't know where it was. Um, there was a picture, it was a video of a long line of Teslas waiting to charge charge up. To, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, you have Biden telling everybody to get an electric car, Pete Buttigieg telling people to get an electric car, uh, as if that's going to solve it, you know, in, in a couple of weeks. Everybody's going to go out and buy one, and all these cars that are on the road now are just going to disappear. Yeah, as if that many a, as if that many cars, electric cars exist. B, as if that many right. um, uh, people can afford those electric cars, and C, as if you could use those electric cars uh, under the current situation. Buying electric cars does nothing to reduce oil and gas prices today. That's what I'm saying is there's a lot of things Biden might do under the War, uh, National Emergencies Act if he declares climate change a national emergency, but none of them are going to be on point 
to reduce current oil and gas prices. Yeah, they, because uh, they don't want to. Because they don't want to. They want high prices so you make different choices. Well, just so and you, they're rich, yeah. so they don't have to make different no, choices. No, no, and they don't care. But Buttigieg is not getting around. Uh, you know, you don't see Biden go to the airport or to a public meeting in an electric suburban. No, no. it's and, an armored, gas-powered vehicle. And Kamala Harris is is, is just excited about electric school buses, and that's that's what she was talking. That's just beyond they, belief. They, you know, they they tried those in a few places. And when the kids got stuck in the road in the winter when the batteries died, <laughs> they weren't real happy with the result. Oh man! Oh, when people a, tried to get to when people tried to get to work in San Francisco and, and Los Angeles, and those buses were going up hills and they died, and they were late to work or didn't get there at all, they weren't real happy with their choice. Well, if these people stay in charge, we're doomed, Sterling. I, I appreciate you uh, coming on the show uh, on short notice, and uh, I, I have a feeling I'm going to be calling on you again to explain this stuff to. To us, I appreciate it. <laughs> I wish I could explain it. I know what they're doing, but I can't explain it. Believe me. Thank Thanks you. for having me on. All right, Sterling Burnett of the Heartland Institute. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm Jason Walker. President Biden says the United States is sending more military assistance to Ukraine. An additional eight hundred million dollars in assistance. That brings the total of new U.S. security assistance to Ukraine to $1 billion just this week. Biden is speaking just hours after Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky delivered a video address to members of Congress in which he made an impassioned plea for the U.S. and West to provide more help. Elsewhere, the prime ministers of Poland, the Czech Republic, and Slovenia have safely returned to Central Europe after visiting a show of support in Ukraine. And NATO defense ministers weighing options for bolstering the alliance eastern flank near Ukraine and Russia for the next five to ten years. They say they're still not happy with Russia one bit. This is SRN News. Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3388 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3388. Enjoy. Whose rulebook do you want to play by, the government's or your own? This is Jay Hagerman of Abernathy & Hagerman. Without a proper estate plan, many families end up playing by the government's rulebook and losing a lot of what they'd intended to leave to their families. That's why Abernathy & Hagerman presents free, ongoing estate planning workshops with attorney Dan Reimer to help you protect what's yours and make sure the government plays by your rules. The next one's happening soon. For details and to attend, visit a-h.law. Jay Sekulow explains who we're dealing with in the White House. This whole situation in Ukraine, you could rest on the shoulders of Joe Biden and that administration. He's been wrong on nearly every major foreign policy and national security issue over the past four decades. Yeah, we're talking about going back to like the Vietnam days. And we are living with President Biden making those decisions now. And that's why we're on the verge of world war. Secular, live, weeknights at 6, right before Larry Elder at 7, at AM 1250. The answer. When you take the time to really get to know your body, you find that the root causes of its aches and pains are usually simple. The older we get, the more exercise we undertake and the more injuries we sustain, the more inflammation our bodies suffer from. It's so simple. And my answer to that pain is Relief Factor, which I discovered years ago and take every single day to great effect. It helps the body to fight off inflammation 
inflammation, and I've never found anything that worked better in my life. I can't recommend it enough. 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it works for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. Relieffactor.com. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP. Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app. Smart speakers. Tune in. iHeart or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Heavy delays for you this afternoon on the Parkway East. Solid tie-up on the inbound side. Edgewood Swiss Vale to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel and Boulevard of the Allies to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Adding about 15 minutes total to the trip. Outbound Parkway East, busy Boulevard of the Allies to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Parkway West congested on the inbound side between Green Tree and the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Delays outbound 51, crowded Colrade Street to Library Road. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer. Weather. Increasing clouds expected tonight. We'll see a nighttime low of 47. It'll be warm tomorrow with clouds and breaks of sunshine. We'll reach a high of 66. Rather cloudy skies tomorrow night. Mild with a low of 47. Friday, some sunshine, then turning cloudy and remaining warm. We'll reach a high Friday of 71. For Saturday, cloudy and breezy with occasional rain. We'll reach a high Saturday of 63. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. This is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. Well, there's a war going on in Ukraine. You're paying close to $5 for a gallon of gas. Uh, but which free agents the Steelers are signing is almost as big a story here in Pittsburgh. The last I checked, it's uh, something over $60 million, I think, that have been spent to this point. That combined with the news that the state of New York is getting ready to give the Buffalo Bills uh, a billion dollars for their uh, stadium. It got me thinking about all this billions of dollars that have been spent on pro sports teams over the years. Thomas Fiery is a senior fellow and managing editor of regulation at the Cato Institute, and he joins us now. Thomas, thanks for being here. Thank you, John, for having me on. So I... um uh, I know you guys at the Cato Institute have, been, going back 20 years, have, have done stories on this. And uh, just for, so you know, I was a, I covered sports here for 40 years, 35 years, whatever it was. And back in 1997, when the and I was writing a sports column uh, when the uh, referendum was coming up on the on Tuesday. I I had a Saturday column in the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. And the first word of my column was no. And that was the first sentence. No, period. And I was telling people that that's how I'll be voting. Uh, I Actually, I didn't live in Allegheny County, so I didn't have a vote at the time. But, but I, I don't remember. But anyway, I told people to vote no because I, I thought that it was neither, neither the Pirates nor the Steelers deserved a dime of taxpayer money. So that's, that's 20 years ago. Here we are 20 years down the road. I don't know if you saw the story, but uh, the governor of New York has uh and she's a buffalo she's from buffalo and a bills fan she has uh, apparently uh agreed to give the buffalo bills a billion dollars for their 1.4 billion dollar football stadium so the insanity 20 years after you guys started writing about this is still going on oh yeah and this is something that has been studied over and over again by economists. And to be honest, uh, if people were to go to the Cato website to see our most most recent research on this, they'll find there isn't anything recent because there's been no change in the academic studies by others that have come out in the, the 25 years that this, that this has been analyzed. And, and the, the, you know, the finding consistently is that if you're pitching these projects as a boost of economic activity, as a boost to local wages, as a boost to local employment, there's no, there are no data showing that that happens. And we, we see this time and time again uh, by different economists with different political bends, all going in, looking, trying to find 
where is this result? And what they find is, at best, there seems to be nothing, and in some cases, there even seems to be a small negative effect. Now, we miss this because we look at the stadium itself, and, ooh, it's shiny and pretty. Think yeah. of Jerry World down in Dallas, or, or even in Pittsburgh. I mean, Heinz Field is beautiful, PPG Center is whatever their names are now, PPG Center is beautiful. Um, you know, and right around that, there's all sorts of nice little bars and restaurants mm-hmm. and whatnot. But the question is, what would have happened in that area and in the broader Pittsburgh area if all of that public money hadn't gone to those things? And the same thing, you know, with people, instead of going to Heinz Field, had continued to go to Three Rivers Stadium, would they have then spent more money at, say, Kennywood? You know, when taking their kids there over the weekend, it's just these things become more than anything else, a tiny bit of a vacuum of our entertainment dollars that would have been spent elsewhere, that would have employed other people, that would have enriched other businesses. They don't create anything, any new economic growth. They just redistribute it a little bit. So when, when someone says, look at the hotels over there on the North Shore here in Pittsburgh next to PNC Park and, th- and the Heinz Field, um, is is the response, yeah, those hotels are nice, but if they weren't there, they'd be somewhere else? Or the money may have gone to something else entirely. Um, you're, you may have more bowling alleys than mm-hmm. what you do now. You may have more uh, museums than what you have now. Uh, uh, again, Kennywood may be bigger than yeah. what it is now. Yeah, um, and, and so here's the thing. Here's the difference. Not the difference, but here's here's what's happened since since uh, Heinz Field was uh, opened in 2000. Ben Roethlisberger, uh, the, uh, Heinz Field cost. I looked this up. Uh, Heinz Field cost 281 million dollars. Okay, that's a that's a lot of money. Um, but uh, Ben Roethlisberger came along uh, in 2004, and uh, he made he, the Steelers paid him in the time that he was here. Uh, which was 18 years, which is a long career for a, you know any player. They paid him over 200 million dollars. So he he was paid almost the cost of Heinz Field by, but he was paid with taxpayer dollars because you know the Steelers didn't have to pay that 281 million for Heinz Field. And, and it's what's happened since 2000, uh, and it was it was ridiculous back then. But it's what happened since then. Um, uh, uh, Aaron Rodgers just signed a contract that's going to pay him, I think, a hundred million dollars in his first two years, fifty million dollars a year. What would the um, the debt service be on a two hundred eighty one million? Well, by the way, the uh, the, uh, the the two hundred eighty one million dollars in twenty twenty two money is about four hundred thirty million. So. What would the debt service be on four hundred and thirty million dollars? Would it be more than the cost of a quarterback now at like thirty million a year? Well, actually, in raising the debt service, you're you're actually pointing to one of the biggest parts of the subsidy, a part that gets ignored by uh, almost everyone, and that's that a lot of these projects are funded uh, up front using tax exempt bonds. That is, you know, they the municipality or whatever borrows the money. Uh, using these tax-exempt bonds to fund the project. Well, we could, you know, these are tax-exempt bonds, which means that the people who hold them don't have to pay uh, federal taxes on the income they make off these bonds. And that ends up being a pretty large chunk of change. I was just reading a paper uh, in preparation uh, for coming on today uh, that looks at these bonds over the last 20 years, and it averages, you know, there's been roughly... 30, 35 uh, stadium projects uh, in the United States in this time period, either brand new stuff or, you know, major renovations like they did at uh, Soldier Field in Chicago. And it averages out to about $100 million in federal subsidy through these tax exemptions on these bonds. And that's money that's paid that, you know, your listeners in Pittsburgh will pay on the Buffalo Project. So that makes it especially perverse. And and you know, think of the New York Yankees stadium. In fact, you know, to, to make this hit home even more, so the the New York Yankees stadium, I think that came in at about a, what was it, almost two billion? Am I remembering that correctly? The bonds, the tax exemption. So you know, the the federal money that 
secret federal subsidy that's going to that total somewhere around $400 million for the new Yankee Stadium. And that's money that every American uh, who's paying any sort of a federal tax is now covering because, the, you know, in order to give the Yankees a pretty darn fat tax break. Yeah, and here's the thing. Here in Pittsburgh, the Steelers are gigantic, and and, uh, and so are the Penguins. The Pirates have become a joke because of the Major League Baseball system. But um, when a Steeler game is on on Sunday, they get uh, the Steelers and Pittsburgh has um, some of the best ratings in the country for local TV ratings for Steelers games. But I, I think that the, I think the ratings are in the mid forties. Okay, which means that fifty five percent of the people don't care about the steel don't watch the Steelers on TV that's that's in a market where it's it's as big a deal as any place in the country so the people who couldn't care less about the Steelers uh, and I'm not just picking on the Steelers I'm picking I'm just using this as an example but people don't there 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 are people who don't care whether the Steelers are playing a game whether they win or lose and they're paying not only for the Steelers stadium they're going to pay for the Bills stadium that's what you're saying that's right, through their federal uh, through their federal tax money. And I do want to be careful when I'm saying this. In a sense, I don't want to beat up on any of the teams that are doing this. If uh, politicians are willing to throw oh. money around, no. teams are fools not right. to take it. Right. I never understand why we criticize people for following the incentives that we lay out before them. I, I live here in the, in the mid-state. I, I'm in the Harrisburg area. Mm-hmm. And I'm a huge Hershey Bears hockey fan. And we yeah. have a beautiful... Uh, arena for the Bears, the Giant Center, that was, you know, another nice uh, taxpayer-supported project, even though it was also Hershey money behind it. And you know, I joke all the time. I'm a big supporter of subsidies for me. Mm-hmm. So sure. thank you all for the subsidies that have come to me for my little Giant Center and my Hershey Bears. But you know what? I would go to the games if uh, if. Uh, if my tickets were a little higher, but my taxes were a little lower, mm-hmm. and uh, because it would have been all uh, privately financed. Yeah, uh, and we're talking to Thomas Fiery. He's a senior fellow and managing editor of regulation at the Cato Institute. Now, I've made a point uh, even as recently as uh, in the la- this on this show, I think, in the last week or so, uh, when I saw the story about the Buffalo Bills. I don't blame the Bills owner one bit. His name is Pagula. I don't. I don't blame the Roonies here in Pittsburgh one bit. They would be idiots not to to take a $200 million stadium that somebody was handing them. Uh, But it's the corrupt, stupid politicians who not only um, use the taxpayers' money like that, but they they run around thinking they should be given credit for it and that that they're heroes for keeping the team in Pittsburgh, when, by the way, the team was never going anywhere. Politicians love to cut ribbons, whether it's for stadiums or I, I go down, you know, I, I don't uh, live in D.C., but I have to go down there regularly for my work. The metro system down there is this fancy, fancy, schmancy sub, uh, subway system that really is, is, you know, doesn't come close to justifying its cost. But why does that subway system keep getting expanded? Because the politicians love to cut the ribbons for that. And I'll give Pittsburgh some credit. You know, their uh, bus rapid transit system uh, is wonderful and very cost effective compared to, say, the metro in D.C. So Pittsburgh did that very smartly. They should also do, you know, be very smart with their sports arenas. And, of course, Buffalo should be very smart with its sports arenas. But, no, instead, again, we're going to probably pay them. I'm guessing we're probably going to pay them a federal subsidy very much like what we're paying the Yankees, which means $400 million to the rest of the United States is going to go into that stadium. So somebody living in Keokuk, Iowa, is going to pay for the Bills stadium, help to pay for it. And and what's really perverse about this is everyone begins to realize that this is a bit of a game in that, you know, if I get my own stadium, then I can get some of this subsidy, too. I, I grew up in, down in uh, Hagerstown, Maryland. I'm sure a lot of your yeah. your listeners have driven yeah. through that uh, on the highway. You know. And they're building a, a small minor league baseball stadium, again, with, with lots of federal money or you know, lots of taxpayer dollars going into it, uh, and all these claims about how it's going to make the city this booming, prosperous, you know, everyone's going to get taller, better looking, and drop 30 pounds because of the stadium. <laughs> right, that's right. according to the, the analyst reports. Right. Um, but, it, but it's, you know, it, the main reason I, 
the Hagerstown officials agreed to do this is A, because they get to cut the ribbon, mm-hmm. but B, it's because they realize we're going to be paying subsidies to other people's stadiums. So why shouldn't we get ah. on this same gravy yeah. train ourselves? Yeah. So, you know, again, even they have the, you know, we've, we've laid a perverse incentive in front of them. And, you know, the question is, how can we make this stop? There's a, a very good paper out by Brookings about basically ending the federal subsidy, this, this uh, uh, tax exemption for the bonds. That uh, it was attempted uh, back in 1986, uh, the, the very famous um, uh, tax bill that Reagan and the Democrats worked together on uh, that was intended to, you know, get rid of a lot of this garbage, had a huge section in it to deliberately kill this particular uh, subsidy, but unfortunately, people figured a way around it, and now Brookings is out with a nice paper on how to get around their getting around it, but of course, we all know some clever guy is going to figure out yet another way to get around it and flood, you know, start flooding the, the government tax money into these projects again, unfortunately. Yeah, and the, the deal that came down in Pittsburgh that got that you know the, they they put this to a vote here in Pittsburgh. I don't know if you remember this or are aware of it, uh, Tom. But Thomas, but um, they put this to a vote in Pittsburgh, and it got it. It I think it lost by a bigger margin than Mondale lost to Reagan. That's I mean it, it, it got blown out, and so they came up with Plan B, and Plan B involved using the stadium authority which was a board of, I can't remember the exact number, but it was like uh, seven people, and they had to get, I think six of the seven people at least had the vote, or maybe it was five, to make it pass. So they, they were one vote short of having the amount of money that they needed to get the, to push it through. So they fired the guy who was voting no and replaced him with somebody who would vote yes. That's what happened here in Pittsburgh. People don't know that, but that, that's what happened here. And I'm sure it's happened in every city in America in one way or another. Oh, we see this over and over again. These are very unpopular projects. These are projects that, uh, if ever put to referendum, tend to go down in flames. Again, uh, referring to my hometown of Hagerstown, uh, you know, the popularity uh, of that stadium proposal was roughly the same of, of erecting a statue to Joseph Stalin in the city square. <laughs> and yet, nonetheless, they found a way to make it happen with, you know, by removing, uh, you know, the public vote from the process. And it's the politicians. I have about a minute left. Is the only solution, would the only solution be, just as an example, when the St. Louis Rams uh, find out that the, the government won't build them a new stadium, instead of Los Angeles uh, inviting them and then building a zillion-dollar stadium for them, if the politicians everywhere got together and said, hey, just say no, you're not, you're not going to, you know, you better stay in St. Louis because we're not doing it for you here in L.A., the, the problem is it's, it's a classic, you know, for your listeners who have taken a game theory class, what's called a prisoner's dilemma. You know, you, you have a bunch of prisoners who are looking to break out of jail, but if anyone rats the others out, the whole uh, plan goes awry. Well, the same thing, this is a prisoner's dilemma. If one city decides, okay, we're going to break and build a stadium, then anyone else who's holding fast, well, they're suddenly at risk of losing their stadium, or I'm sorry, losing their sports team, just like St. Louis did. Well, as uh, I think everybody knows, and I'm out of time, everybody knows that there will be a fight put up in some quarters for the uh, against the Bills getting their money, but you know and I know they're going to get the money. They're going to get a stadium. Absolutely. And, uh, and Absolutely. you and I are going to pay for it. Yep. While the... While and, the and- Go ahead. And the others who will pay for it, you know, looking at Buffalo is going to be the Anchor Bar and Charlie the yeah. Butcher and all yeah. the other restaurants who are going to see their sales go down because people will be spending their money at the stadium instead of for their food. Yep. Well, I, I, Thomas, I'm glad I had you on. You explained it well. I appreciate it. And uh, I hope to have you on again sometime. Thank you. That'd be, that'd be great, John. Thanks for having me on. Okay. That's Thomas Fiery of the uh, Cato Institute. We'll be right back. We all want to eat healthy, but have you ever read the ingredients list off of your favorite snack? Between the hard-to-pronounce ingredients and man-made additives, it's difficult to find anything made from real, natural ingredients. Even some of my favorite organic snacks have ingredients I haven't heard of. At Balance of Nature, we know the value of real nutrition that can only be found in real food. That's why the only things you'll find on our ingredients list are real whole fruits and vegetables. 
No additives, fillers, or artificial ingredients of any kind. Balance of Nature is the best whole fruit and vegetable product on the market, delivering your body everything it needs to function at its very best. Eat better and feel better. Start your journey to better health. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com to get free shipping. And don't forget to get 35% off your first preferred order by using discount code. Why doing it right? Roofing, siding, and remodeling. It's simple. It's in their name. Doing it right uses only top quality materials and employs the best installation and management people to install and oversee your project. Family owned and operated for 38 years and with over 45 years of industry experience, you can be confident that your project will be installed the correct way. You'll receive a lifetime labor warranty from Doing It Right. Doing It Right is going to install per manufacturer and NRCA specifications for a complete and headache-free installation. Doing It Right is an Owens Corning Platinum Contractor, James Hardy Preferred Contractor. Most importantly, they're affordable, offering great financing options and accepting all major credit cards. Be sure to mention Dennis Prager for a discount off your roofing, siding, and remodeling estimate. Call 724-NEW-ROOF or visit their website at roofingcontractorpittsburgh.com. Want it done right, call doing it right. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Quick story to close out here. Uh, the Penguins got themselves a new building uh, after a big fight, as you remember. Uh, and, you know, the government actually tried to uh, fight it, even though they had just given, uh, for people who lived here long enough to understand the comparison, they paid for new buildings for Kaufman's and Horns and then said they weren't going to give one to Gimbel's, which is why they, the, uh, the government can't do that. So the Penguins uh, were looking for a way to get money. And so I came up with the idea. I gave them the idea. I met with Mario Lemieux at the South Point Ice Rink. I gave him the details. I said, you guys need to quit begging for money from the state. Apply for the casino license. Use the money you get from the casino license to pay your mortgage on the new building. You'll own the building. You'll have the casinos. You'll make more money on the casinos than you'll make with the hockey team. So he proposed it. He went to the governor. It was a great idea. And they said no. And they gave the license to somebody else. And then they spent $350 million of your money to build what became Consol Energy Center. And they, they could have done it uh, at no taxpayer expense and they didn't do it that's your stupid idiotic government local government pittsburgh and pennsylvania talk to you tomorrow the john staggerwald show is a production of the answer pittsburgh and salem media group